Hello. 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 Can you hear us? Can anyone hear me? Hang on, man. I hear nothing. Crap. Text to Ween. Quick. Oh, you know why I was turning around my mic settings this weekend? Text him. I can't hear you guys at all. Nothing. Good. It's because you suck, Mike. I'll try calling you. No, no, no. No, don't do that, dickhead. Do. Yeah, he hung up. Nah. So, was it after input? Too late. <laughs> Type a little no. slower, Joe. <laughs> well, it's not like. Are you there, Mike? If there was only a way I could talk to Yes, his voice. I can hear you now. Okay, oh. sorry. Can you now? Yeah, no. bad setting. I was screwing around this weekend. My fault. You suck. So, the year is. Here's now, we. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it sounds kind of fuzzy. It's kind of, it cuts wanna, out a little bit. You want to try an external mic? Yeah, maybe worth a try. He is. I was asking Scott, but not Mike did. <laughs> Mike, thanks for answering, because Scott didn't. Oh, it's a technical oh, question. Over there. Yeah, but then you're going to have to switch the setting. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can. Yay. Is it better? No, it is. It's better. Maybe it's less boomy. Joe's little stick in my port. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Won't be the first. That's the cheese. <laughs> the year is 2008. It's the 19th of November, a week and a day from Thanksgiving, and you're wasting away on the North Coast, where it's cold. And I'm Amigo still... Schmo. Scott. Mickey. Hud. My turn. No. Well, he just talked over. Who's who's to my right? Greg. Texas, despite where it's warm. Bite us. <laughs> take your hand off your mouth. So, do we have any, any Muppet news? Gospel from the coast. I mean, take a look at the old calendar. On uh, Tuesday, November 11th, Jimmy joined the real camp to surf off of the Outer Banks. Normally, this wouldn't be news, but the guys at realkiteboarding.com have video and photos of hanging out with Jimmy, along with in-depth descriptions of all his surf and paddle boards, his mountain bike, and even the vegetable oil-powered van Jimmy calls the Green Tomato. Go to realkiteboarding.com for details on how Jimmy is spending our money foolishly. And on Wednesday, November 12th, we mentioned the CMA Awards show last week, but since they turned the TV off on us, we weren't able to get to see Mac McAnally win a much-deserved award as Musician of the Year. Congratulations to him, and surprisingly, it's his first CMA win. On Saturday, November 15th, Jimmy stood on the Florida Gators' sideline to witness their 56-6 victory over South Carolina. According to the Miami Herald, Buffett was on the field after the game and even joined the Gators and coach Urban Meyer in a post-game locker room celebration. It's great to be back in Gainesville seeing the Gators playing this well, Buffett said, before heading into the Florida locker room. It's been a long time. I like what Coach Meyer is doing here. This has just been a lot of fun tonight. Uh, there's a bit of controversy in this, however, seeing as Florida will now be facing Alabama in the Southeastern Conference Championship, and Jimmy is an Alabama native. Ooh. Yeah, I know it's causing all this. Wow. This, what will Jimmy do? The South Florida papers are going nuts. Um, Urban Meyer is a self-proclaimed parrot head, the nickname for parrot fans, Buffett fans, Jesus. This is Miami Herald. Uh, Meyer said his favorite Buffett tune is It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. I love that. Urban Meyer sucks. No, I know. I just want to support. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a Buffett tune. Yeah, yeah. Now I really, <laughs> really can't stand him. It's an Alan Jackson. Well, he does play it live, so I mean. 
And as a bonus story, a JimmyBuffettFan.com reports that Buffett performed yet another invite-only concert last week in Istanbul, Turkey. There are about 700 invited guests who were right with him there, singing along, sipping on margaritas, and all that kind of thing, end quote. I can't verify the story, but it does not seem unlikely since Jimmy does lots of private and corporate performances. And that's a look at the Jimmy Buffett calendar. And now we have been terribly remiss. We got some emails, some uh, listener emails a while back, and we have not said anything about them. We had to drop the ball, Schmo. Secretary of? But uh, I don't know. Do you guys want to read these? Here they are in order. Here, Scott can read them. This is from Jason M., and it is a field report. Listener Jason. Listener Jason, thank you for your email. Thought you'd like to know that last Monday, October 6th, Jimmy and the Reapers oh. were the surprise entertainment at a private party at the Hard Rock in Orlando. They put on a great 90-minute show. The set was mostly standard stuff, but also included 5 O'Clock Somewhere with Max singing Alan Jackson's part, Bomb and Breeze, Schoolboy Heart, We Are the People Our Parents Warned Us About, and a solo by Nadira. I never thought I'd get to be up front and center at the edge of the stage at a Buffett show. This, this was quite a treat. By the way, how do I get a copy of your That's Life on the North Coast song? Well, Jason, as I said earlier, thanks for writing. And as soon as we get that song finished, and believe me, we are doing everything in our power, what little power we have to get that song taken care of. Um, it is still an incomplete song, incomplete. And uh, we are in the process of negotiating uh, finalization of that song. Hopefully we will finalize that deal and let our listeners know when it will become available. Well, it's on the business plan for first quarter 2009. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, if we get the bailout. And then we have another one from Fiona L. And in the subject said, hello from Down Under. Uh, hi guys, just wanted to say hi from Down Under Australia. Just so you know, you have listeners down here. That's amazing. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> We're impressed that we have listeners anywhere. <laughs> we can't hide our Other than ourselves. Uh, we also have a local Parrothead club in Oz who organizes events, parties, etc. And I'm sure you will have other Aussie listeners. I really enjoy listening to your podcast on the train on my way to work. I live about 80 kilometers north of Sydney. Central Coast, North NSW, and commute every day to work, so it helps break up my journey. It must be a long journey. <laughs> we want Jimmy to visit here again, but no sign of it for a while, even though BuffettNews.com sometimes listed as a rumor. Bummer. I was lucky enough to be at the Tampa Bay Show in November 1st, 2007, whilst visiting friends in Florida. Awesome was one of my highlights of my trip. Anyway, see you later, mateys. Have a tequila shot for me. Uh-oh. Oh, oh geez. But you just said the magic word. <laughs> she said so. I don't believe that that will uh, be denied. So give me a cheerio on your podcast. So, gents, you'd like a cheerio? Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio to Fiona. And thanks for writing. Keep the uh, comments coming. We only have time to read two out of the mailbag this week. Okay. We'll try to get to everybody else's. If you'd like your email ignored, just write to podcast at wasteinaway.net or podcast at northcoastcast.com. Or you can send us an audio message by uh, dialing 1-734-274-5959. That's uh, area code 734, and the number is 274-5959. You can also go to our MySpace page you too. Sure. Let's call it. You gonna do a tequila? No. It one thousand eight hundred. 
So I guess we're doing Fiona's uh, tequila shot. And one sex on the beach shot. I don't remember Fiona saying anything about sex on the beach. <laughs> yeah, but I was picturing but, it. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time I was reading that, I was pitching it. Because <laughs> everybody just, knows Australian girls are hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do our shot for Fiona. Hey, Fiona! The Fiona uh, down under. Thank you, Fiona. I'll give you Thank Dr. You. Pepper next week. You're on. Who's Fiona? Is that Shrek's wife? <laughs> All right, this just in from friend of the show, Patty. Still in Vegas, broke even. She was up before. <laughs> Leave tonight, one last chance to win big at the airport. <laughs> She's going to play slots all the way. Oh, one last chance. Damn, she ain't on the plane yet. I think yet. the shuttle bus has some slots in it, too. She's playing rock, paper, scissors with the driver. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> We had homework. So, let's start with Mike. How'd you do on your homework? Uh, I did not do the homework. Really? I could, oh, well, we, we, you did homework your whole life. Or at least That's since true. 1976 or so. No, I, I'm prepared to, to uh, discuss homework, but I did not recently listen to the homework. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I did. He's prepared to discuss it. I listened to it today. Was oh, I listened boy. to it last couple days. I'm holding in my hand three, count them three LPs, of <laughs> Living and Dying in three-quarter time. Are Jimmy they all Buffett's yours? second real album. They're all yours? Yeah. So I do have the chintzy piece of shit MCA version, which is this sleeve in there that tells you all these other uh, artists well, you can That's do. the last one, counting backwards. Yes, I am going backwards. But then I have two that are imprinted with ABC Dunhill. And they had the full gatefold cover that looks like some kind of LSD thing going Yeah. On. I believe I attributed that to uh, Havana Daydreaming in a previous podcast, but the psychedelic painting watercolor. That's actually pretty cool. Is from. Uh, <laughs> that looked great on a shirt. In a little town with a lighthouse. With in a sailboat. Townhouse. Or a fish net or something. That is a sweet. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's like. It's a weird that. watercolor thing. I'd like to have that on a shirt. And I have another one with the same gay folding. This is sweet. Hud likes. I never seen Hud so excited look at, about look it. Look at the little playground well, here it's with got, the rocket ship. Remember these old rocket ship things? Well, it's got cemeteries. Yeah, there's a cemeteries like the center of the damn thing. Yeah. And it looks like they're all crypts, like it might be Louisiana. Well, that's the dying part. This is a great album cover, Ween. It's or full. Very, very good catch. I, the thing is, the reason I'm getting it, these are a little different because inside you have a sleeve, ABC Dunhill sleeve. Yeah, the one ABC. And you have an insert, which I have about. inserts. You have the parts. So what's the difference? What's oh, this one is. Uh, this one's parchment. Yeah, that one's just paper, plain yeah, old paper, just paper. Pretty paper. And, that one's and this like, one's glossy paper. Yeah. <laughs> So hey, hey, hey. And the big shark on the back cover is also part of the CD. That's the one, that and the front cover are the one remaining pieces of artwork in, on the yeah, MCA CD. What's on the CD? And I have the MCA CD. Well, the back cover is, is their generic one, but the inside photo of the CD booklet is the shark photo. But it doesn't have any of the liner notes on it. No, no liner notes, of course. Do you have a record? Not liner notes, the back cover, yeah, do, back cover credits. Which I I I'm remiss to say I, once again I did not listen to the vinyl I haven't I haven't had the time to sit and enjoy a margarita and listen to the vinyl record. You love it so though. I know it's so much fun. It's it is it is fun. Well, 
So that's a discussion of all the, the all the. Uh, well, there's the one part where uh, you and Mike got into that big argument of which album came first, A1A or Living and Dying. Was it these two? Yeah. Or was it Havana? Because they're both in '74. Okay. And yeah, I, I was believe, right. Yeah, but I didn't Schmo get to. was right, and Mike was wrong. Mike but was I, drunk. And I was drunk, too, and I didn't get to throw it back in Mike's face. I wasn't paying attention when I was proved right. Well, that, that was back around the time when I was just getting into Buffett, so I had no idea. I was looking to you guys for guidance, and you couldn't decide which album was second. And the reason Third. I knew, the reason I knew is <laughs> because I started absorbing all the Buffett I could with Summer Over China on backwards, borrowing albums and things like that. And so I really made it a point to know which one came first for some reason. But maybe I just assumed it, because I don't know how. There was no internet back then. How did I really know? Hmm. But anyway, I was right, and Mike was wrong. <laughs> Good laugh. So what's the first song? Pencil Thin Mustache. I'm not really a fan. It's a good song. I think it was kind of overplayed in concerts. I think it's one of those songs that gets the drunk people up singing in the concert. Um, I think it gets a pretty dated song, in my opinion. And now I kind of skip it. It's not. I mean, I don't hate it. I res you know, I respect it uh, lyric-wise, but I think it is dated, and I don't That's really tough. listen to it anymore. I think it's a good song to start the album with, though. Did you read my thing? What thing? I'm kind of surprised this is such a hit since it's such a a weird song. With I mean, so I mean, it's really nostalgic. It has that that I don't even know what kind of style it is, but I mean, it's such an old old timey style it that I'm really surprised it's such a hit. I go back 34 years ago when I first heard this song. <laughs> 34 years ago, I was two years old. There you go. So you you can't properly you cannot, uh, review a song if you can't remember it. <laughs> I thought it was a good song at the time. You're right. It's like every other Jimmy Buffett song that's old. It's constantly overplayed for hardcore. But, I mean, going back, think about it. When this album came out, it was a pretty good tune to start off an album. Side one, track one. Yeah, you can't just skip these like you can on iPods and CDs. You gotta listen to this shit. <laughs> Once again, so you gotta put the good tunes right at the beginning. We've talked about it. whenever we have homework, and I listen to this, these albums again. I'm forced to listen to it, and it, it what a joy it is to hear this song, the studio version. We, I think it's well documented. We bitched about it just plays it too much in concert. At least a combination of this and grapefruit. We've, we've agreed that only one is needed, if, it, if one at all, at a show. And, uh, and it, like, it's got a bad uh, connotation, but man, fingers on the playing the harmonica. And, but it is a dated song, and it's also nostalgic back in 74. So it's so nostalgic, nostalgic that you don't even know what he's talking about anyway yeah. today. And, when you were and I don't know why. It's, yeah, who knows Ricky Ricardo now? Yeah, and I can't believe it's such a hit. Like, he plays it in shows. Is there people our age that really want to hear it all the time? It's probably because they just relate back to it when it first came out. It was Yeah, maybe they were older then. Maybe they are even oh, older than I'll tell you why it's popular with the asshole drunks. Everybody's trying to get laid, and all only jazz musicians are smoking marijuana. Marijuana, yeah, yeah. So that's... Learn how to score, right. Yeah. It's an audience participation almost. Right. Wait, who, Andy, who knows who Andy Devine is anymore? I think he was an old cowboy actor. Everybody remembers drinking on a fake ID. 
Right, Wayne? Uh, no, I remember yeah. the time Hud tried to fake his ID and use calamine lotion or something. Yeah. What, was to that put it was? over, yeah, or something, one of those. And lotion and put it over the year and try to change the year. Try, I forget from oh, one number pencil? to the other. And it like ate through the outer coating of the old driver's license. <laughs> he had to go get a new driver's license because the number of the year, last number of the year, had this hole burned in it. <laughs> Yeah, whose bright idea was that anyway? I, I think, think it was Schmoes. No, I think it was Mike's. <laughs> no, yeah. But Hud said, Mike told me that this works. <laughs> I think that came from, uh, like, Schultz or somebody up at Central. <laughs> I know, uh, I think geez. it did. <laughs> well, that Brand explains trust. a lot. It did. Greg right. gave it uh, how many three-quarters Wait a minute, Mike, goes? it's Mike had the floor and Hud overtook it. Oh, Mike's streak. Why has Mike got the floor? I missed that. Because you're... Dumbass is hogging the show. You never usually you bolt yeah. by now. Hey, you never finish your thought. Oh, did I even have a thought? That's, uh, that's the uh, huh? thing. Mike, thanks. I built you up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Good thing we all stopped for Mike to say it's a thing. <laughs> Mike's there going. Nice job, Ween. No, I don't have anything. I was trying to get out the world. The mustache, right? All right, now it's Greg's got the floor. Got some. I basically reflecting all your guys' same sentiments. Basically, we've had our sediment or our sentiment. Sentiment. I can't read my writing. You I don't type. have it written there. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we decided that we've heard this song too Tell often in concert. However, this is a good song to start off the album. Very nostalgic. Nice rehash of I know, I know. We all, this is why you got to go first. Give it three treble clubs. Three treble clubs. All right. How many treble clubs? Second song. Out of five. Second song. Out of five. That's about good, I guess. Come Monday. I give it five treble clubs. Ooh. I said, of all the concert songs we've heard, this one at least 20 times. However, Buffett's first big hit seems to still be, it still sounds excellent. To me, when Jimmy slows it down, the storytelling at the ballad stage and driving in cars and all that kind of stuff, he really sounds excellent. Not quite slow, not quite a slow song, but definitely not a fast, upbeat tempo song. I like it. Well, it's a classic. There you go. Well, I mean, what more can you say? Yeah. Greg, Greg pretty much said it all, and then a lot more after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. Well, come Monday, a little too much orchestration now that you hear it. It's a little dated, but hey. Mike, you got something for come Monday? Something great? It's nothing that's not already been said. Classic song. What can you say? Many right. times, many ways. And this, this saved him for a few more albums. He had this little hit. And he was able to record a few more albums because of this thing. Okay, third song. It's Ringlin' Ring. When I first was re-listening to this album now this week, I thought this would be the most forgettable song on the album. You know, the, the one song, it's an okay song, but it's the, I can do without it. And then what have I been humming for the last three days? Ringlin' <laughs> Ring. I did forget about this song, and I... Snuck it in as a download today. I had to download three songs that I couldn't find because I do not have this album. Or, I mean, I have basically all the songs except for three of them. This is one I didn't have, and I found it too. I think it's a pretty enjoyable song. Like, it's got a nice little, you know, thing that sticks in your head for a while. It's got some good lyrics. Yeah, you know, it's I, a, it's about something. It's about and, I think uh, a real town in Montana, right? Jimmy did do yeah. this song live, I believe, during the Beach House tour. The one with Walter Cronkite doing the intros to oh, okay. some of the songs. I believe Ringling Ring was the third song for most of the shows. So, and that was a surprise. I, when he pulled that one out of the vault. I like this song. And I always thought, oh, the Ringling Brothers. Well, yeah, the city is named after one of the Ringling Brothers. 
I gave it three trouble clubs. Yeah, and he actually, John Ringling, and according really? to what the research, yeah, and that uh, because he also owned one of the railroads that went through there. I mean, basically, the town was no, the town was there because of railroad stops. But the rail lines were abandoned in 1980. Only a handful of people remain in the town today, which is pretty much what the song is. First, we need a range expander. Then we need a deadbolt. I give it three treble clubs. How would you get your beer with a deadbolt? I can see it's a fun song ahead. Only a mere 1,662 miles away from us, Actually, down I-94. Right wait, wait, it's down I-94 to my... I-94 to 90, yeah. We're 94 stops, 90 picks up. They kind of go together there. There's the Phoenix Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. It's about, a thousand, it's about 100 miles from Yellowstone National Park, just so everybody can get a, an idea. But not to be confused with Wrangling, Oklahoma, by the way. The Zodiac Racket Club in Southgate, Michigan, not to be confused with Southgate, Kentucky, is only 821 miles from Zodiac, Missouri. Not for the song review. <laughs> so this has the definite sounds that trademarked his early career. So now you know why I leave. Really. I try to go a little deeper into the songs and just what the songs are about. It's laughing. Else, that'd be fucking Barbara Walters. What's the next song, Mick? <laughs> if he makes one of us cry, it's uh, what is it? Brahma Fear. Brahma Fear. Brahma Fear. One of my deep cut favorites. Um, a song that I occasionally forget, and then I'm always pleased when I rediscover it. I really like it. I like the, med the medley a lot and the melody a lot. <sighs> and uh, listening to it again, I realized that Jimmy had to really struggle on some notes. Some of those notes were pretty high, so I'm not surprised he doesn't sing that song that often. And that's my review. I really like I it. I love this song. My, it's one I, of my I, I could not believe I did not have a copy of this song. I really, really enjoy this song. Totally a, a, away from my, you know, country. I hate country crap. Yeah. That's probably why, um, you know, I had not had a copy of it, but... I wouldn't call this a country song. This isn't a country song, is it? I was listening to this album thing, and Scott's going to hate this album. Because of this well, yeah, thing. because of the next two songs. Yeah. But I wouldn't call Brahma Fair. Uh, I, I, I thought this was when I, again... What, Mike? I said Ringling Ringling has kind of got a country flair to it, yeah, too. Yeah, that's really yeah. country-ish. This song is just, you I know, think, completely... It's this, it's this Taylor Swift that's starting to turn my tide here on country. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I uh, I thought about it this week, and I thought about it the first time I heard this song. I love it, and it's a very original kind of song. That's I, a good statement. I, I I really agree with that. There's not it's not like it is hard to define as a country song. It's not a pop song. It's not you know. It's almost not even a Buffett song. It's definitely in a category a, by itself. Nineteen year old Schmo was absorbing all this stuff going back recording as much as you can and I lo loved it. I couldn't stop listening to this song back then. 19 year old it had, Yeah, it had uh, just some lines in there, just different. It's original. How many treble clefs from One. Greg? One treble clef. What? Oh so, man, you should take so, him out and beat him I up. don't know you anymore. <laughs> he had a chance to after listening wait, to wait, all wait, of us. Wait, we're talking about Brown to Fear, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, wait. Oh my second. god. Oh, that's it. This one gets fast forwarded over. You are. Uh, he doesn't oh. just skip it. He fast forwards on it. Just. To, that's just that's 
terrible. That's the old school. Wow. Old school. Right? The old school. Fast forward. <laughs> this <laughs> one gets needle picked up, skips over, and needle set back down mm. over. <laughs> Sometimes I get. So I've, I've actually, on the cassette, because A1A's on the other side, I'll just put the rest of A1A on and listen to the backside of A1A. <laughs> Oh, he is. Greg is There's dead. No hope. He's so he doesn't just fast forward yeah. over. He actually flips the cassette tape. For all you listeners out there, cassette tape or hits the reverse button. the album before DVD CDs. See, There's no hope. Taylor Swift is calling. There's no hope. Right here. How <laughs> ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? I think it's more. Don't I think you think? Pathetic is the word you're looking for. <laughs> it's a great song. I need. I drink a lot of whiskey. Gives me such a glow. Gives me such a glow. Like ever. This is one of the best Buffett songs there is. When it lets my feeling show. Yeah, what a great. It lets my feeling show. You are a dick. (laughs) Doesn't gives it one out of five. What the hell? Which one? (laughs) Brahma Fear. Fear. We're still on Brahma Fear. We're still on Brahma Fear. (laughs) What the best there is. I know. Oh, come on now. Leave poor Greg alone. Okay, I'm going to help Greg out here. Remember, I said I didn't like Desperation Samba. Well, hey, well, hey more time, well, this is the next flip flop. The next camp counselor presents the yeah, least way on the North Coast flip flop. Greg has to listen to the song all week and give us a report <laughs> next time. He's already decided, though. Right. This isn't his first time here. here right. I'll I'll let's see. We're going to continue reviewing Living and Dying Three Quarter Time. Apparently, Greg's just going to go to the backside of A1A and review that. Well, Cud, what's the next song on the side one of the vinyl? Brand new country star. Yeah, brand new country. Star. <laughs> Here he wins. Yeah. 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 It wasn't a contest. Yeah. I actually could not remember this song. I I swear when I downloaded it today from iTunes, it was the first time that I heard it. Even though I know I had the cassette tape of Living and Dying. Uh, so I might have done a Greg on this song like back when in the eighties when I first came across Living and Dying. Flipped it over to side two. <laughs> Well, no, because I, I remember the tape player I had in the 80s, you could actually fast forward to the next song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it, it had yeah, a two-second delay, and it would yeah, start playing. And uh, so I don't, and probably because of the title, Country Being In It, I didn't really mind it. I, I didn't listen enough times today at work to determine my you know best opinion. It didn't jump out as the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I didn't hate it. I don't hate the song. I like it, and it's it's like filler to me. And uh, yeah, I forgot about it. it. Was nice to hear it again. Filler on the album. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's. I mean, I've got nothing against the song, but I don't seek it out. And I'd be tempted to skip it, but I mean, it's not it's not bad enough to actively skip. It's only two and a half minutes long, really. So. Yeah. But as I was about to say, I really think that there is a story behind Brand New Country Star. I don't know if it's about one particular person or if it's just the general atmosphere of Nashville recording scene or the LA recording scene, but I have a, I have a feeling there's a story behind this song. All right. Next song. So, Mike, what's the next song on the album? The last song on side one. Is that uh, Livingston's Gone to Texas by any chance? <laughs> wow, he's right oh on my it. God, not again. Dead nuts it's, on today, man. It's almost like we rehearsed it or something. <laughs> this is brutal. I like it. Don't love it. I think it's a good song, solid song. Don't skip it. I didn't even have to give him hints like this was recorded earlier on High Cumberland Jubilee. Did you guys know that? <laughs> That's right. You skipped over there. <laughs> I never got to do that because he was ready with the song. 
but this is much better than the earlier version. Yeah, yeah. as I recall from previous conversations about this, that Mike likes this version better than the one that's on before the song. Yes, it doesn't have it that annoying uh, knocking through the entire song, so it's been much improved. Good, good point about the knocking. You're right. Now I remember all that knocking in the first song. <laughs> Keeping time for some reason. But this song, hey, it's a story and it's a, it's a, it's a nice little ballad because it... I think. I like the song. I think it's technically a ballad. It yep. tells a story. I would probably give this song a lower grade, but it is still a good song. I wouldn't dismiss it outright, but I mean, well, it's, not it's definitely funny. one of his lesser songs, but but it is still a pretty decent uh, melody. And yeah, I uh, I wouldn't give it five treble clefs, but it'd be it'll be between three and four there. What is Greg say? Three and three quarters. I give it three treble clefs. Good tune, not as country sounding as the others, but all I needed to mention was a dog and a shotgun, and this one might have made the country church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did we did we skip your review of Brand New Country Star? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, if you didn't hear it, we we came back from our. If review. you didn't I hear mean, it, just just in well, case. I'm surprised that Greg ever listened to this song. That's right, he'd probably be listening to the second half of the end of A1A. If you're interested in Greg's review of Brand New Country Star, please see his review of Brahma Beer. Exactly. <laughs> One trouble club. Well, Greg even permitted to participate after his review of Brahma Beer? <laughs> I didn't catch that. Should he get to participate after his review? Mike is just disgusted by this Brahma Beer thing. I, I am. He can't let it go. I don't know Greg anymore. <laughs> He's dead to me. Ooh, that's an expression. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Usually, Mike. This album that we're clashing with. <laughs> we have controversy, and it nobody so, knows I how do to not handle know it. Anymore. Oh my goodness! Mike usually says something like, "Your opinions of music no longer matter to me at all." But mm-hmm. this time, he said, "You're dead." It is as if I do not know you. <laughs> Go through every song. I like that song. That's a good song. No, I like that song. I like that song too. This is good to have different opinions and know that I'm right and Greg's wrong. (laughs) And usually it's Mike and I have gone rounds on a couple, and Greg and I have gone rounds. Scott and I have had our little tiffs. But I I, uh, get my revenge in the edit suite. (laughs) Exactly. Mick always says final say, final cut. funny how I never get the last word. Yeah, well, you know, really? Mickey could paste wow. in five treble clefts for uh, Greg's review, right? Through yeah, editing that's right. magic. That's exactly right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the idea. Greg, what's four plus but one? That would kill off the show, Ween. <laughs> this is the only controversial part controversy. of the show. Controversy is good. Besides everybody. It's the classic uh, good versus evil. Less controversy means shorter show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's time to turn the record over. Oh, you or fast forward older <laughs> out there. Oh, so what's uh, side song one on side two is Wino yeah, and the Wino and I know. And uh, I'll be the first to say that from the first time I heard it, I can't hear the song enough. I love this song. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Another original song, and I love the guitars, the guitar, the acoustic guitars, whatever on this song, the rhythm. And I love it. Clockwise to Scott. I have to agree. Oh. This was actually, when I heard this song, it had to be when I first started, heard, heard this album, it was like 1989, and it was during my I Refuse to Listen to Freaking Country Music stage. 
I'd rather listen to Michael Jackson at the time than country. And <laughs> Two life crew. And yeah. play. Sad. <laughs> Very sad. And, uh, and actually, I love the song from the get-go. I grew from the first time that I heard it to now. Love it. Just an outstanding music, lyrics, everything. It's got the complete package. Isn't it? I mean, uh, like myself. I don't know if anybody agrees. Again, original, like Brahma Fear. Like, I, you don't hear other songs <laughs> like it. Yep. It's different. Yeah, like Brahma Fear. <laughs> yeah. Don't you guys all agree? Oh, it's awesome, like Brahma Fear, right? <laughs> Only an asshole wouldn't like oh, Brahma Fear. <laughs> Is this the third time? <laughs> Tonight? How, how could you not like Brahma Fear yet like this song? I agree with Scott. This is a great song. I love the lyrics to it. I love the music. It's always been one of my uh, all-time favorites. And that's it. Mike, do you want to get in before Greg? <laughs> well, I think I mentioned it to you guys before that uh, this is one of the best, one of the most appreciated songs for me. Awesome tune. Can't go wrong. I give it four treble clubs. Four. So I like the song. Good bouncy tune. Still not sure who the wino is. This has a classic buffety flow. Let that sink in. <laughs> I'm going with the classic buffety flow in his second album. So, nicely done, Greg. I'll buy that. All right. Why <laughs> uh, didn't Greg form an allegiance? Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> off big words. <laughs> Who's the? Uh, well, Mick, what's the second cut on the second side? West Nashville Grand Ballroom, or is it Grand Ballroom Gown? Gown. Okay, it's, I've got ballroom dot 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 on my list. <laughs> on his iPhone. <laughs> Whatever. West Nashville Grand Ballroom Gown. I really like this song. <laughs> it's a great song. I love the the quaint little uh, string uh, quartet in the background. Yeah. And uh, Buffett says the F word. A he's, winner. He says the F word. And I like, why don't we get drunk and screw right? Noah a, F word? Second this, album, the F word. It's a great story song. Time, didn't it? It's a really cool story song, and I really like it. Yeah, it's a story song, and he says the F word. It's, it's pretty amazing that three of my favorite deep cut songs are on the same album. I have nothing more to add. Hud? Who does Hud think? I really don't care. Come on, Hud. Don't get lost. I'm losing interest quickly. <laughs> You have nothing to say about West Nashville Grand Ballroom again? No. Uh, I think we should point out that this is one of listener, or uh, not listener, panelist Patty's favorite songs. Oh, it is? Friend of the show. In in Vegas right well, now. Yeah. Text her real Which quick. Which is really not the reason she's not here, Scandal because she doesn't come anyway. So. Jewelry. <laughs> yeah. I gave two treble clefs. So she's probably in, in, in the window. That was, actually, I, I like the song. I, I don't have anything to share. I don't. Skip it. I, I enjoy it. Did Mike say anything? Yeah, Mike. West Nashville Grand Ballroom Go. Well, nothing really to add. It's great, great song, great story. You guys Thanks, said Mike. it all. I, I remember there's been times when I've sang the song at the top of my lungs, especially during the, the F-bomb. Okay. What, what's the next cut, Mike? It's a song he redid again. Uh, meet, me in Ma- meet Me in Margarita. Meet Me in Margarita Collection. It's a musical instrument. Uh, Starts with an ass. The, the original mix of it is bad because oh. it rhymes with axophones. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't is have baritones. Is braxophones? <laughs> you took you that long coming with that. Close. Timing, Mike. Please work on your timing. 
<laughs> saxophones, plural, and of course there is no saxophone on this version of the song. Yes, there is. Oh, there is? Yeah. Yeah, it's just not the right saxophone. It's not in the right place. Yeah. Okay. Well, according to Jimmy, but he's wrong. The muddy breaks. So I like that this is another. Uh, I never. This was never. This has never been a favorite of mine. I would say this might be the. Uh, this is the weakest song on the album, to me. I never really hmm. was never drawn to it, and, and I like it a little bit more now than I did then. But uh, just uh, I'm not. I have nothing bad to say about it. I just never really. Uh, this hmm. movie. Are you trying to play tambourine or something? <laughs> it's another song, <laughs> Mr. Tambourine Man. I so prefer I the William Shatner version of. So what does everybody else think? I, I, kind I don't of, actually mind it. I think it's pretty decent. I kind of different. Agree. Sorry. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. I'm just so desperate. <laughs> I kind of agree that it's one of the weaker songs on the album, but I would I would think that uh, something like Brand New Country Star is weaker than this. Maybe even Livingston gone, Livingston's Gone to Texas might be weaker than this. But I do prefer this version to the one on Meet Me in Margaritaville because... He does get the saxophones at the end of the song. I don't know what Jimmy was talking about, that there were no saxophones in the original. That's right. It's Jimmy's fault. There so, wasn't the right saxophone. Yeah, but there's still saxophones. He didn't get the big baritones, but he did get yeah, saxophones. Yeah, well, because he's mentioning baritones. One no, actually, three. yeah, there's there's a whole saxophone. There's like there's like a saxophone trio or something, or a quartet in there. He's got baritones in there. Uh, yeah, there are baritones in it there. It just says background. on the liner notes, horns by... He's got more than one. Really He's got a bunch it. of saxophones playing in there. But I like the fact that they show up late because that's the whole point of the song, that he doesn't have saxophones. He wishes that he had saxophones. And with Meet Me in Margaritaville, the saxophones show up immediately, so it's why is he singing about not having saxophones when he clearly has saxophones. All right. So that man. changes the whole story then. I really like this song now that Mix described it in that manner. Why, thank you, Hud. You can stay. I, I, I enjoy saxophones. You will make the edit. I always like the I'm, instrument saxophones. I actually don't think that song's that bad. I like it. Okay. Moving Next. On. Well, no, what is, oh, did he already say? Greg? Moving on. So I got my triple clefs to figure that. The next one is a cover. Did you, did Greg do saxophones? Did you do saxophones? I was afraid to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, I speechified already, so you can Page take up. over. Let's see you for saxophones. Three. The remake was much better than the storyline. <laughs> so he liked the remake. He I like right. the remake. I guess I just like the music, the musical instruments, not getting too deep into the story. Okay. Having saxophones in a song. Claiming that they have saxophones. Okay. I think Greg's got like brown all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, the next cut, is this the first cover on the album? Buffett's writing every damn thing until Ballad of Spider-John. Is this Kid Rock? No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. And here, the first, the, the album ends with two covers. And there's the first one is Ballad of Spider-John by Willis Selen Ramsey. Um, I like it a lot better now than I did back then. Back when I first heard it. it I mean, it just kind of bored me or something. But now I can appreciate the story and it's a great song it's it's a good song i should say it's a good song but uh it's not overall exciting or anything i like to play it when i it's on my mellow podcast list my my mellow playlist, playlist. and uh i i like the song i think it's a good rendition of it and i, I enjoy it right 
I had three treble clefs on this one, and this one is fourth of the uh, four songs that made it to the uh, Beaches, Bars, Ballads, and Boobs collection. So, shouldn't you be giving palm trees in that treble clef? Because it's living and dying in three-quarter time. <laughs> so I, I just said, being from Detroit and growing up, Bad Boys, Pistons, a song always reminded me of John. Spider Sally, Colonel's theme, best dance sports show ever, whatever. Yes, it's a ballad, nothing else needs to be said. Spider John Sally. <laughs> Mike? Um, not one of my favorites, but I do appreciate it. Uh, um, I kind of do, I kind of do skip it, but uh, it's a good, good, uh, good songwriting. You really got to be in the mood for this song, though. That I do agree with you. Like, if your glaucoma is acting up, and, and you know <laughs> you're in that zone, then perhaps. Uh, but I, I agree. If you're just in the car, you skip it. Yeah, that's definitely a mood song. It's written. It's a well-written song. Just precisely written. Okay, next cut. Okay, what is the next song, Scott? Last song, second and last oh. cover. Is this God's Own Drunk? Very good. Hey. Hey, it's God's Own Drunk written by Lord Buckley. Mike? Well, <laughs> it's not good on a record because you kind of get tired of hearing it. But uh, it's good live every now and then. I'm not all the time. Man. I think you hit the nail on the head. That's all that needs to be said. It wouldn't crack my top 100 list. I agree with that, nope. but uh, I like the recording of it better than the live versions I've heard. Really? Yeah. yeah. I like I like I've always I've always liked it and hearing it again I, you know it's nice and short it's five it's and a half minutes long six or something minutes like long. that on the album mm -hmm. well, six seventeen or well, six nineteen yeah six nineteen well it's a lot shorter than when he does it live is what I is <laughs> thanks well, like, he likes to add thanks Joe yeah he adds a lot of stuff and uh, it sounds like the band's doing it live in Joe the studio needs three minutes I I cannot remember where I read it, but during research for something else, I came across a description of Gazo Drug, and they said that they recorded it all in one take. Okay. They got, they all got liquored up, and uh, and recorded it in one take. That's what it sounds like in their studio chatter. But uh, I liked everybody sitting there laughing a little, and then uh, it sounds like they're just sitting there playing it live and recording it. So I like it better than all the others. But I agree with I, I could I don't have to have this song. Yeah, it's nice that Jimmy put it at the end. So it's like a take it or leave it song. Like it was, it would be a bonus track. Yeah, it was a yeah, CD. Like it was almost the, a hidden track, right? In the early '90s. So now that our listeners have heard our review, as always, we do appreciate your feedback. We will follow up, hopefully a little more timely than we have been. We have once again apologize to Fiona, and I appreciate be appreciated. And listener shot. Jason. And listener Jason, and uh, like I said, our mailbag gets so full, and then we kind of forget about it because we don't really want to go through all that mail. <laughs> So we, uh, we please keep it coming. It is appreciated. We do actually read it all. Um, uh, if you have something else to add, just send it to podcast at wasteandaway.net and podcast at northcoastcast.com or send us a voicemail message at 1-734-274-5959. Or you can get us at uh, myspace.com slash northcoastcast. You can see our videos at youtube.com slash W-A-O-T-N-C. Or you can, uh, you can see all the uh, Buffett videos we have now, all the old TV appearances that we have archived on our old favorite VHS tapes. You can see those at wastingaway.net slash VHS.
and I'm being overpowered by the jukebox. So that means we're done. Short summers, long days, hit the beaches, catch some rays. Hibernate until June, leave it up, it's gone too soon. When you live on the north coast, manage your time. To get to the best of three months, you gotta get through No, 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 not that one. Wait, wait. I, why shut him off? The, oh! Why? There's only three seconds why? left. I just have to ask why. Shut the, just shut the TV off. off. Hey, shut the right one off. No, he's going to shut that one oh. off. He's going to shut this one off. Oh. He's going to shut that Don't one shut off him off at all. Leave. There's 38 seconds left. Don't shut any off. I do Excuse me, Bill. You don't have to shoot any off. There's 38 seconds left, man. Big comeback here. Oh, I thought he caught the ball. He did. I can't see now. I was watching well, you know, the mirror. He uh, they just first played. down, so the clock didn't start. We might as well, uh, you know, Mike's not even listening anyway. We might as well see the last 30 one. seconds. All right, they just spiked the ball. We they got don't like need any timeouts. Seconds. So, 35 seconds left. Second and 10. Mike, you watching the game? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, who Still turns off TV? He, 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 he turned it off. He turned the one I was watching. I have to lean over now. Well, it's to watch like that. a TV that's 28 years old. Mike. You missed so. it. He wanted to turn them all off because we weren't them. watching. Oh, no! Oh. It's now all his fault, man. God damn it. <laughs> There's our ending. <laughs>